Hey everyone, uh, my name is Croydon Weller. Welcome to the Keto Pulse. I have a special guest, Jeremy Jenkins, on this podcast. He is a close friend of mine. He's also a studio manager in one of my fitness studios, but is a, a brain uh, when it comes to knowing everything about health and nutrition and supplements, etc. So, welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thank you for having me on, Croydon. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, it's, I'm sure I'm going to have you a lot more on these podcasts because you can bring a lot of value to the audience. Um, but let's just dive straight into it about ketones and ketosis because this podcast is, we're talking a lot about just the, the keto pulse, everything to do with ketones and ketosis, supplemental ketones, um, endogenous ketones, the, the um, ketogenesis the ketogenic diet, but also the business with Prove It as well, um, and how a lot of people, just the average people out there, how much they can affect with people, you know, by promoting Prove It throughout the world and give, leading with education. So this episode is obviously covering a little bit more about ketones and ketosis. So I know you hopped into, um, you dived, I think it's probably the first time you did and correct me if I'm wrong, when you were studying uh, a few years ago and you decided to go on the ketogenic diet because of the benefits, right? Do you want to elaborate a little bit more about that? Yeah, so you're right. It was when I was finishing off my dietetic degree at uni. So um, essentially at the end of your university degree, at the end of dietetics, you have um, a planned placement. And at the time, I was trying to figure out how I could go through placement and achieve my health and fitness goals at the same time without the opportunity to, you know, eat every sort of two to three hours what what I was used to and getting a high amount of protein in and um, getting those sort of five to six meals in per day because it just wasn't going to be possible. I wasn't allowed food on the ward. Um, I wasn't going to have the opportunity to sit down and eat a meal every sort of three hours like you, you normally are if you're a uni student. <laughs> Um, and that's, that's what kind of drove me towards, um, I guess, looking for something or a, a way of eating or anything really that would get me through that sort of six month period and still let me train at my best ability and still get the results that I'm wanting to gain muscle, lean out, lose body fat, but still have the mental, um, focus to be able to get through placement and obviously pass placement, um, which is the most important part of my degree. So um, I guess the way we started was I heard about the ketogenic diet from um, a very, very intellectual man in the muscle PhD. Um, his name's killing me right now. Jacob Wilson, Dr. Dr. Jacob Wilson. Dr. Jacob Wilson. Um, back then, he was the muscle professor. He was doing his PhD at the time, and dissertation was being marked. Um, and they, in their lab, they were looking a lot into the ketogenic diet and um, the potential positive effects it could have um, in long term with um, Ryan Lowry as well, who was, wasn't a doctor at that stage either. Um, and, yeah, the science was starting to sort of push towards the idea that I could be able to at least very at least maintain my muscle mass over the period that I was on placement and still lean out and get as shredded as possible um, while still having the sort of big mental focus that you're going to need when you're working and studying full time. 
Cool. And so when it came to knowing that you're going on placement, did you decide like a month out that you needed to start doing the keto diet? So then you're in ketogenesis in time while you're at placement or was it a, just a quick transition? Um, I probably started looking into it probably a good six months beforehand. I didn't really understand at the point in time about keto adaptation or anything along those lines and um, there wasn't much... Um, information out there and especially nothing really research-based so it was it was a bit of trial and error for the first sort of six months to see how I'd get into ketosis how deep I could get into ketosis how far I could push my fat tolerance before I started having GI upset and stuff like that um, but yeah I had a couple of clients that were going through and doing low carb themselves and some of them were doing ketogenic diets, some of them weren't. Um, and that definitely helped because you had somebody to bounce ideas off and you had clients testing their own blood ketone levels and all that sort of stuff. So it was a bit of a trial and error period back then. Um, but we've definitely learned a lot more about research in, in, since then. Yeah, I mean, so obviously for you, you started going do, doing ketosis or getting into ketosis or ketogenesis by doing the strict keto diet um then you like where did you first hear about exogenous ketones supplemental ketones was it through me or did you know more about it before proof it came along um so i'd heard about the idea of exogenous ketones prior um through dr dominic d'agostino um i'd probably listened to a couple of podcasts in i'd say march 2016 um, about the potential use of or potential production of ketone salts and use of ketone esters and whatnot um, to be able to get into ketosis. Um, but obviously being in Australia, it was a long way away from the States and trying to get product over here would have been almost ridiculous or an arm and a leg. Um, so at that point in time, it wasn't an avenue that I could even look into. So it was one of those things that you, you understood that the things were out there and there was a potential for that to get to you eventually. But um, at that stage, it was one of those things that you just kind of pass off as something that you have to just kind of wait for. That's awesome. And yeah, I mean, the cool thing is, is like you're following Dr. Jacob Wilson, the muscle PhD before Prove It. And now to know that, you know, him and Dr. Ryan Larry are our formulators now, what does that mean to you? Well, it essentially means to me that even before then, they had good integrity as scientists. Mm-hmm. So you know that you're gonna probably you're gonna get a good quality product. Um, you know that they're not they're not gonna muck about with trying to get a less efficacious formula and sacrificing that to you know make more money or pixie dust things and everything along those lines, which the supplement industry is very well known for. Mm-hmm. Um, when you got a formulator in like like those two essentially you know that you're going to get a good quality product and a, and a product you can trust mm-hmm. yeah and and so obviously you know you've been you know a lot about the supplemental industry and sort of when new things come out um you know sort of vultures come into play to be part of the market and so like what do you what do you like about prove it what are they doing to the market like that excites you with not only being the first exogenous ketones to come out to the market, but how much they're, they're optimizing their formulas to make it even better. Um, I'd probably say the two things that 
I guess, make prove it that step uh, above or that point of difference from other companies is the fact that they're very educational in their approach and they're really not only just trying to drive the idea of exogenous ketones and ketone supplements, but about the sort of low-carb or ketogenic or modified Atkins, whatever you want to call it, type diets and that sort of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, because we obviously understand that over the past 30 years, we've done something wrong with nutrition and diets and we've gone more backwards in a far, at a faster rate than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a potential that that's got to do with the fact that we've overconsumed carbohydrates or sugars or whatnot. We can argue till the cows come home about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely some benefits that most people can most people can get from trying out a some sort of low carb diet, whether that be a very low carb or just a moderately carb low, low carb diet. Um, and prove it are definitely passing on that message, mm-hmm. um, and they're driving that home with people as well as the message that. Um, they've got a good quality product. So the second part that I like about Prove It is the fact that, uh, especially Keto Max, is when it comes to ketone salts, is probably the most efficacious product that I can find on the market for increasing, at least personally, my ketone levels in my blood, um, not only as quickly as possible, but elevating them to the highest potential. Um, without doing a ketogenic diet or a very strict low-carb diet. Um, I There are a lot of good quality products on the market, but at the same point in time, Keto Max is that next level where um, it's just, at the moment, it's just that step above everything else. Um, obviously, there's talk about ketone esters and whatnot. Um, I don't know how popular they will be due to the taste. <laughs> um, I've been told by many people that um, have tried ketone esters that they're not the most palatable things in the world um, but they're definitely efficacious in the way they will work and it'll be interesting to see once they get onto the market how things go um, but definitely if you're looking at the ketone salt market proven, proven max is by far ahead of most products mm-hmm. you can get hold of and so obviously they just brought out you know two months ago they brought out the the 60 hour keto reboot which was mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even know that it was coming, um, but when it when it did came out, man, did I get excited about it? Um, and obviously, doing it my own and feeling the benefits of um, you know giving my body time to heal and and sort of you know go for an assisted fast. What do you think? You know, that next movement, that new innovation of the sixty hour reboot. How many people do you think this is going to affect? As well as the importance of educating of the benefits of an assisted fast or rebooting the system? Well, the science has probably been out for close to two years now about how how doing a sort of 60-hour or three-day fast could benefit your health long-term. But obviously, when you turn to most people and say, oh, we're just not going to eat food for three days, um, that kind of hits them in the head and goes, oh, well, no, I don't. I, I quite like food. Mm-hmm. I prefer not to not eat for three days. Um, and I think that was the sort of um, feedback that Dr. Walter Longo got when he did the studies as well. So he came up with the whole idea of a fasting mimicking diet that can go for five days and super low calorie and all that sort of stuff, And but it still includes bars and shakes and whatnot. Um, but at the same point in time, it strays away from, I guess, the original idea of the 60-hour fast. Mm-hmm. So therefore... 
having something where you can fast for 60 hours with an assistance and I guess to an extent if you're looking for the health benefits and doing it every month it makes it that little bit easier um, and it's definitely something obviously more appealing than simply not eating for two and a half days um, which if you actually look at the studies that um, we're talking about essentially if you if you fasted for 60 hours every month the likeliness of you developing chronic disease like type 2 diabetes cardiovascular disease and cancer is ridiculously low mm-hmm. um, no matter how to an extent how badly you can make those other sort of 28 27 days um, and to allow people to be able to go through that process and make it that much easier for them to do so to get those health benefits Mm -hmm. could not only cost people with their healthcare a lot of money, could cost governments boatloads of money. So realistically, the health benefits that people would be able to get from doing a 60-hour fast each month, it could be dramatic, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's about sort of getting the word out there and making it easier for people to do that. Yeah, I th- and I think that's what I love about it is like it's a, a reboot every month, right? And then the more education comes about it, looking at doing it for long-term benefits and long-term health, the more that they understand it, you know, you're going to get more people around the world actually doing it and feeling the benefits. Plus, the people are getting, you know, into ketogenesis faster mm-hmm. Um, by doing the fast rather than having to do, you know, like a strict keto diet for weeks, sometimes months to actually produce their own endogenous ketones. And so that's what I love about it as well, because as you know, and, and I know with our fitness business, a lot of people can stay on target for sometimes two weeks, three weeks, but usually it's, you know, a short period of time where a lot of people struggle to stay focused with their nutrition and exercise and have that mental clarity, focus and energy. But to know that even if they were to do a keto reboot and then two weeks or three weeks after get back into bad habits, they know that the reboot's around the corner to reset them, to reboot them back into, look, I was getting out of control, it's time to get back on. I think that's really good for long-term maintenance or long-term results, especially when it comes to fat loss results for people that do a lot of yo-yoing with their health and fitness and nutritional goals well i I can definitely agree in that point to the effect that obviously it's quite like you said it's quite easy to stick to something for two or three weeks Mm -hmm. at least if you're having that reboot every month then you have the opportunity to restart yourself yes and try to make what you're doing in the change that you're making more of a lifestyle change Mm -hmm. and something that you essentially can keep doing for long periods of time Um, because going through that repetitive process can potentially make things more of a habit more than anything else. And as you probably know over the years as being a PT as well as a health coach, the more somebody reproduces a habit, the more likely it's actually going to become a proper habit Mm -hmm. and it's going to stick with them for life. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously if you're doing a reboot every month, that gives you a strict guideline on, okay, well, that's my reboot. And a lot of people wait for the, you know, every good diet starts on a Monday. Yeah. It could be every every ketogenic diet starts on a reboot. Mm-hmm. Because you're right, it, it that 30, oh, sorry, 60-hour fast definitely 
would help people get into ketogenesis or that endogenous ketone production a lot faster than most people would anticipate as well. Um, and like, for example, the first time I ever did a ketogenic diet, it took me six weeks to even produce what we consider deep ketones. Sure. So getting over that sort of 1.0 millimoles per litre, it took me a good six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and not a lot of people can hold out for six weeks without any results, <laughs> yeah. um, let alone some results. So uh, the ability to go, okay, well, just give us, you know, two, three days and we'll get you to that state. And all mm-hmm. you have to do is try to maintain that for the next 28 days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you got the reboot again. Yeah. So in case that you do stuff up, yep. there is a backup plan. Yep, totally, totally. And I think also, you know, just because when they go into, you know, deep ketosis as well, obviously their glycogen is depleted. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, things like sugar cravings, because I know that's a big one for a lot of people, um, you know, sugar cravings that they control their appetite. I think that's big as well to know that after a rebirth, I mean, personally for me, the last thing I feel like is just jumping straight back into carbohydrates. Like, I mean, I, I don't follow a strict keto diet. I try all sorts of stuff, but just to be able to know that I don't crave sugar after doing a reboot for a, a few days for sure is something that I think a lot of people can relate to out in the general public because, you know, a lot of people are strung up with their lifestyles and stress and there's a, a lot of emotional eating and it's usually involves sugar or savory or soft drinks. Um, so to be able to be able to delay that onset of those cravings back with the reboot, I think is real good for people's awareness that, you know, they are addicted to certain things out there um, and that reboot is sort of just that reset again where they're, they're aware of what habits they have and if they continuously go back to them, their long-term health ain't looking good. Yeah, you're 100% right. And um, that's one of the long-term benefits of being in ketosis, having that uh, those cravings or the feeling of cravings be decreased dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was probably the first thing that I noticed when I was actually in ketosis the first time, the fact that I, I wasn't craving certain foods. Mm-hmm. Um, was that due to the fact that I was in deep ke- in ketosis or the fact that I lacked those sugary type foods in my diet for long enough that I'd start killing off the sort of bad bacteria mm-hmm. that was in my gut mm-hmm. um, that would generally make me crave those things? Um, who knows? But at the same point in time, Either way, it's the diet that got me to that point. So you're 100% right because the less the less likely you are to um, satisfy that craving, the less likely you are to fall, you know, fall off the bandwagon even though it's the worst term in the world because realistically all we're trying to do long-term is strive for better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're 100% correct. Well, I appreciate your time. Um, I know that in future episodes we'll uh, be doing a lot more podcasts diving into more about ketones or ketosis Uh, so I appreciate you for being on the very first episode of the Keto Pulse Um, and uh, thanks so much for your time buddy thanks for having me Corinne it's been a pleasure being with you mate